What's up, you guys? It's your host, Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on Undereducated. The story I have for you today is one of resilience and strength and just unbelievable positivity amidst a lot, a lot of hard things. Tune in and let's get going. Okay, Han, so let's dive into it. We're going to hear about a lot of different things today. You've had two babies. You have like a high school sweetheart love story <laughs> that I feel like it's, it doesn't happen that often anymore. Let's be it real. It kind of doesn't, yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like it's like dating apps now and you're like the long lost high school <laughs> love that we love. <laughs> so maybe dip into that a little bit and just kind of talk about motherhood because we've just been sitting here reminiscing about how it's kind of kicked our butts, <laughs> but in the best way. Okay, yeah. And I feel like we have a lot to go over. So let's start with you and your husband. How Kay. you met, <laughs> your love story, give us all the deeds. Um, okay. Let's see. We went <laughs> I knew who I he like was. So <laughs> see, I knew who he was <laughs> when I was like fourteen, I think. They um Madsen's family moved in when he was in seventh grade into like Olympus area and all that. Okay. Um and then he played football and basketball with Andrew, my brother. Okay. And I, I didn't ever put that together. I well, know. I don't know why I didn't put that together. That's stupid. Um and then long story short, I guess. Um wasn't till high school that he like noticed me and I, I all that. Um so my junior year, his senior year, was when, like, we got together and started dating in high school, um, and we dated that whole year, and that year was when, like, the mission age change happened, and so he was, like, planning on going on a mission right after high school with everyone at 18, and, like, I guess rewind a little bit, like, our relationship in high school was not like oh it's just like this silly relationship like I absolutely loved him in no, high school and like truly like I had never no like dated someone or experienced something of like the most respectful kind like relationship and just like easy going and like I loved his family so much and like his mom was one of my young women's leaders at one point and like she and I have always been really close and um yeah I feel like I've been part of their family yeah. since high school yeah. <laughs> but um so just like the most seamless relationship and like he was my very best friend at age 16 in high school yeah. um so then he went on his mission to Ukraine and that honestly was incredibly traumatic to like say goodbye and do all of that like I am not kidding when I'm like I loved him yes, and, <laughs> and like, I was it's horrible it was so is, like email. email that's it we didn't have like, phone calls once a week yep 
Um, and so he left and my world honestly kind of just like fell apart. It was really hard. And looking back, I'm like, I think I really struggled with depression after he left. And like, it just was really challenging for me to like keep going without him. And like, I just lived for emails every week and I'd get up, he was in Ukraine. So I'd get up in the middle of the night and email him (laughs) so we could go back and forth at least and have that communication. Um, And we never missed a week. So I had my senior year, which was hard. Like it was just hard to like get out of bed. I felt really lonely. I felt um, really isolated and that like no one really understood what I was going through and whatnot. And then um, I went to BYU my freshman year um, and he had already gotten into BYU. So I knew we'd be there together eventually. and then middle of his mission, Crimea, like, got taken over by the Russians. And so that was really scary. Like, mm-hmm. there was not a lot of communication. And we were like, is he okay? There's tanks where he is. So, like, that's a wild story. Um, also really traumatic for me. And then towards the end of his mission, he had a traumatic brain injury and all that. So um, that was incredibly challenging being like the girlfriend, but knowing like, I think I'm gonna marry, like I know I'm gonna marry him. And, uh, but yeah, trauma, 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 I guess. Just kidding. But like truly, I feel like so many of those things. They add up. Add up, for sure. And like, like you said, I feel like a lot of people probably didn't relate or understand because (laughs) it's very commonplace, especially here in Utah for like, a high school girl to send off a missionary totally you know what I mean where people are like yep. you're fine you're we'll fine. Be fine it is what it is and like, like you're gonna it. move on and all that but yeah. like he was truly my world still is but like, I'm like Look at you now. He, <laughs> that was really hard and like just the unknown of everything with him in Ukraine the injury yep. like, it's just like the I injury and just the communication where it was still just like I think he called his parents twice after that happened but it's like I couldn't be there like I'm just the girlfriend and like his family was really like great to update me and involve me and that's but at the end of the day I was just like this is really scary and really hard like I really didn't know the outcome of that when it happened and I just remember like honestly like going on walks and just like feeling numb and I was just terrified um and then he stuck it out for three more months and then came home um in July and that was like best thing in the world like he was in okay shape honestly but like he had a lot um of like work to do physical therapy like walking upstairs was really challenging and all of that um which it's so wild I mean <laughs> obviously I'm an outsider to this experience but like seeing him now oh like, you, would you would never guess know. no never know. you would never know but, you know and like he's deaf in one ear when he came home he couldn't taste or smell anything um and so yeah I don't know but um we just really like picked up where our last letter left off okay. and um it was like the happiest time ever like it was just the best like I didn't care that we'd like be doing physical therapy stuff together or any of like I just was so 
grateful he was a alive b like here and see like just our relationship just kept going and like it was just so fun um so then we were both um at BYU and then um after we got engaged that next January um so you came home in the summer six seven months six months and then we got married July 2nd which was the day he Okay, home. so like a, a year full later. year. Okay. He wanted to be home a year, so I love it. You're exactly like, a year. Day. Here we go. <laughs> um and we yeah, we just we had a lot of fun. We got married really young and all that, but um I felt like I had been waiting for forever, honestly. Yeah, for because years. I just knew that like if we didn't end up together, it would have been because he didn't want to yeah, end up together. Like, I'm all in. But I'm I was just like, You are my everything and all that. Um and so yeah, life kind of just kept going, um, and then after three years of marriage, I think, was when we decided to have a baby. Okay, so um, you kind of enjoyed the newlywed phase. Yes, he was still in school for a little bit. I had graduated, and I worked at Chatbooks for a couple of years, and then... I forget about that. I, I know, <laughs> a, a lifetime ago. Like a lifetime ago. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, yeah, we were moving to LA and I, I was very gung-ho, like I was very ready to have a baby and just super excited. And so when Madsen was like, okay, like, I think we're, I think we're ready. Um, we started that next chapter. Okay. Yes. And I feel like that can be such a, I don't know, kind of a turning point in people's relationships, marriages, like full-on lives honestly yep depending on how kind of that decision goes and how that journey starts for them so was it easy for you guys to get pregnant was it something that took some time um it was easy and like really I'm incredibly grateful for that yeah when I um went in to like have my appointment and Mm -hmm. I had an IUD um the my doctor was like super easy super easy removal all that um no I had to really because all I ever hear is horror stories um I had to have it surgically removed oh my gosh and I was awake for it (gasps) and it was a scope surgery and I feel like that was also a beginning of something that prepared me a little bit for birth was the pain of that Mm. I've I've never felt like any pressure pain like I mean, it's just a scope surgery. You don't have an epidural or anything like that. And so, like, that was something I had no idea that could even happen or whatnot. Um, but I did get pregnant really fast after. And so. Okay. You might not even know the answer to this, but why did they have to have it surgically removed? It was, was embedded. It so, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was going to say just right in there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> But, like, it was hard because we didn't tell anyone we were trying. I mean, most people yeah, don't. Yeah, so you're not like, hey, And I'm so, like, I remember – I had to come up to Salt Lake and Chatbooks had a Salt Lake office and I just had to like make up some story of like, hey mom, I'm going to spend the night because I'm working in Salt Lake and like I went in at 8am, it was like super snowy morning to have that surgery and I was just like hobbling, like I, it was so painful and (laughs) so terrible but I was just grateful it came out, like it, it took an hour and he was just tugging and tugging and like finally like I thought it was going to pass out by the end because it just was a lot and like so much pressure, so much going on. And, um, on the final tug, 
he was like, it came out and was he's holding like it up. Overjoyed. And he's like, I honestly thought I'd have to wheel you into the OR and cut you open to get this out. And I was just like, I just wanted to start trying to have a baby. <laughs> You're like, this I didn't was know not what I thought. I didn't know. Um, but then, yeah, I got pregnant um, pretty quickly and I was due end of October. And so. Okay. I think it was around Valentine's Day I found out. I was going to say, like, around right now. Yeah, around honestly. right now. Um, and instantly, I was really sick. Okay. Like, I had always heard of my mom and some of my sisters that were like, oh, the sickness, like, it is so hard. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, huh, like, you throw up every day. Like, that doesn't seem mm-hmm. like, it's okay, it's, like, a, it's a baby. You're growing a baby. No, it's horrible. It is so debilitating and hard. And I was an office manager at Chatbook, so I was doing lunches and all that. And I literally had to, like, it was too early to be, it's so hard because you get sick mm. so early mm-hmm. and it's, you don't really say, like, oh, I'm pregnant. It's, like, six weeks yeah, <laughs> and totally. all that. It's but, not for everybody to, um, like, tell right away. I, I threw up every morning oh, and was completely nauseated. I threw up most nights. Um I feel like I still remember that first. I, you don't forget that no. first. I'm like, that I first day in the last still meal you had. remember <laughs> the last thing that like tipped the scale for me and made me nauseous for the rest Forever. of my pregnancy. Yeah. Like fridges day, are your worst enemy. Three years. Oh, the fridge. <laughs> Hannah, don't even get me started. Like, oh man, it it's embedded in your memory. No, like, truly. Like steak and potatoes. I'm yeah. I seriously still Mine three years later stickers. almost can't, can't eat do it. it. I know. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And uh, so we were in Provo, um, and like I knew we were moving to LA, and so I had asked to like just join the um, Chatbooks' customer support team so I could work from home in LA until I had the baby, um, and that was the plan. And so I remember talking to my supervisor, and I was like can I start this early? I, and she's like, why? I'm like, I just really don't like my job. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really struggling, which I was, but like, I just didn't say I'm pregnant. Yeah, you're not. Like, I'm struggling um, because I'm Like, I had human. to like, get out the lunches every day, put them back in the giant fridge, then pull them out. Like, it was just the food. Like, well, I couldn't do, do it. And so, yeah. finally, we set a date, which was in like a month or two, to start work from home. Um, and so when that transitioned, it got easier, but I was still really sick. Like I took Diclegis, I took Zofran, I took the whatever, all the things. And like nothing ever stopped me throwing up. Like, mm-hmm. but um, you just kind of have to push through. And oh so a lot of people were like, oh, just wait till first trimester ends and it will get better. And um no (laughs) you're like I wish I could like this one this one was definitely not as bad as my second but um I threw up every single day multiple times a day till probably 20 weeks um but it was also just so exciting and fun like to be growing a baby like there's nothing like it and I was pregnant at the same time as one of my sisters and that was so 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 fun we were due two weeks apart and we both were having boys, and it was just, it was her second baby, but that, like, truly kept me going, like, just having yeah. her throughout the journey with me, it was so fun. <clears throat> so then, uh, Madsen and I moved to LA when I was, like, 26 weeks okay. pregnant. So were you nervous about the change of, like, doctor? I should have been more nervous, okay. but 
no I really thought about it like the doctor i had in utah incredible 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 he's now retired i'm really yes, sad i, I don't know what is. to he's do amazing. <laughs> i know i know um but anyone who's been his patient is like, oh what am i gonna do we don't know what to do without know, him SOS. um but he had called labor and delivery at ucla and just did all he could to find me an amazing okay. doctor that's amazing yeah like he's like that's what you do you call labor and delivery nurses they know the best yeah <laughs> which i'm like <laughs> that is incredible <laughs> so i got like a list of a couple doctors and so we moved, and I had to, like, get right going at it because... Um, we were almost to your two weeks It was almost at to the glucose, glucose test, test. Yeah. and I had to get Rogam okay. um, and all that. And so we moved, and the move was hard. <laughs> like, that yeah. was my first time moving away. Um, and it was hard to... Because I worked from home, and Madsen worked really long days and so I was alone um a lot I was still sick like my throwing up never really stopped but it became less frequent Mm -hmm. but I was still really nauseous every day didn't feel great um and but I just felt like it was hard to get to know people like and all that and this was pre-covid so like cities are lively and open and whatnot but um it took a good minute to like yeah, feel like settled and not like super sad like, missing our families and yeah. all that um so I found a doctor like just read uh reviews online and all that okay. um and she seemed fantastic okay. and that was the one I could get into and if I could describe her it would be Christina Yang from Grey's Anatomy <laughs> to a T like <laughs> incredibly knowledgeable yes. not super warm Got you. Um, just like in out to the point, which I was like, that's great. I, look, yeah, nothing like, okay. to it. It's just a baby. Like, yeah. it's just pregnancy. And yeah, so. Meanwhile, you're actually like, I think I have hyperemesis. <laughs> and I'm actually never <laughs> leaving my bed. And uh, <laughs> I'm not okay. <laughs> I am here alone. So yep. thanks. But. So we, I see her. Um, and so like, we, we start getting to the end. Um, at 37 weeks she's like wow you're dilated to a one we're gonna strip your membranes wow at 37 amazing okay right so I didn't I didn't really know what any of that meant and I'm like great sure like none of my sisters went into labor my mom always went into labor okay so we're like interesting what am I gonna do because I'm really similar to my mom like in height and in like like medical issues and all of that like yeah we are twins um and so yeah stripped my membranes and one of my one of my friends was like whoa like I've never heard of a doctor stripping membranes at 37 weeks I'm like oh I guess I'm just lucky I don't know like I didn't really know what that meant um and so I walked around a ton and all that like I felt good I had Braxton Hicks starting at 28 weeks like all the time okay and so so I was like, like, is this contractions? Ready. Is this not? And everyone's like, you'll know. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't know. Like there's yeah. so, I called labor <laughs> and delivery probably four different times thinking I was in labor. Yes. Um, you and every woman out oh, there. Oh yeah. So bad. Like, <laughs> They're like, is this your first baby? I'm like, yes. They're like, give it time. Yes. So yes. then I go in at 38 weeks, same thing. You're, she's like, you're dilated. You're going to have this baby. You're going to go into labor. I'm going to strip your membranes again. Which that, like, isn't super pleasant, but... No, not comfortable at all. Um, 
like mentally you're like all right if the baby's gonna come great this is awesome yeah same thing I walked around and all of our family was in Utah and so it was like our plan was to just have it be Madison and me at the birth and then parents would come um like when we're home from the hospital so like a day after or two um so then like they were on call all the time you know it's I love the end of pregnancies like baby watch with whoever I know is so fun so fun um so then 39 weeks same thing 40 weeks same thing past my due date and I'm like what is happening like this baby's not coming out and so which like for two (laughs) seconds I will share and this is my opinion but you'll see like a lot of stuff that's about like should I have my cervix checked should I not and like I don't I don't really care one way or the other I think people do it and it's great people don't and it's great But I think there is one point of it that I hate, and it's that (laughs) it creates false hope. Oh, yeah. You're like, I'm 37 weeks. I'm going to have this baby tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. Your doctor's like, you're dilated. Yeah. And in your brain, you're like, I have to be dilated to have a baby. Yes. I'm I'm starting to dilate. Like, we're getting close. (laughs) But in reality, like, you could be at a one for five more weeks. Forever. I think Theo would still be in me. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) there forever. No, truly. Like, that kid was not going to come out. But it's just like... That in itself is so mentally challenging to, like, work through. Yep. On top of, like, I'm still pregnant. And, like. (laughs) And massively pregnant. Yeah, like, incredibly uncomfortable, all that. Um, So at 40, yeah, at 40 weeks, I literally went into my appointment. She's like, I thought you had the baby last week. And I was like, what? You're like, excuse me, here I am. (laughs) No, no. So she's like, I think we should do an induction. And. I was all for induction. I'm like, that's great. I love having a plan. And like, totally. mentally, I knew I'd be done. So I was really That's excited. Your 40 weeks at this point. Uh, yeah, You're it's like, time. I am ready. Um, so the this is when it starts getting a little crazy. <laughs> so okay. um, I go in. I think I'm, I was either three or five days late. I can't remember. But she scheduled me 10 a.m. Friday, October 25th. Um, and Mads and I are just so excited. Like there's nothing like the day you're going to have your baby and you're going to be parents and all of that. And so, um, we go into the hospital, we check in and we're just like, oh my goodness, this is happening. And so they're like, oh, why are you here? And I'm like, for an induction, like I'm having my baby. And they're like, oh, okay um here's your hospital bracelet and they lead me into a shared room and right (laughs) like I was just like oh okay like whatever I didn't think those existed anymore I really did like I toured UCLA hospital I never saw one of those I did like the baby prep course at the hospital like everything um and so I go in I'm like all right like I just I'm a really optimistic person and I'm like like, great positive everything (laughs) and so I'm like this seems really strange but okay so I changed the gown um Madsen's like working on his computer on the chair in the corner and then there's literally a curtain and then another bed and so the nurse comes in and she's like question another laboring patient or this just Not like yet, another patient. I, yeah, okay. So there's... Okay. Are you in the ER? You'll see. <laughs> I'm like, where are you? We're, we're in labor and delivery. Okay. And so... So like in triage, but with another patient in the mm-hmm. same room. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And like they're sleeping. So like they're being monitored. I can okay. hear her babies like 
all that. Like the heart rate. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So there's no bathroom in the shared room also. Okay. And at 40 You're plus like, I have weeks to pee pregnant, every you, ha- you literally have to get up and pee every hour at least. Yeah, at least. Um, and the bathroom is not close. So oh it's gosh. like down the hallway, down another hallway outside of labor and delivery. <laughs> so <laughs> I go in. And I had had those Braxton Hicks, and I thought they were painful. I thought all the time I thought it was labor. Um, And so the nurse checks me, and she's like, I'm actually, like, not even from this location. Like, I'm just here for the day. And I'm like, cool. Well, I'm Hannah. Like, I'm having a baby. I'm super excited. Yes. Um, I, whatever. So they put the monitors on me, and she's like, wow, like, you're contracting. And I'm like, great. And they check me. They're like, you're at a one um so like you want to be induced like why are you here and I'm like, like my doctor yeah like my doctor literally schedule? said you need to get induced and get the baby out and like I was happily gonna be induced like all that yeah um so I don't remember like the actual an actual doctor like at UCLA it's all rotational and so like that's kind of tricky but I don't know I thought okay we'll be fine um, so then I got checked by someone else and they did an ultrasound to see how big the baby was. And they were like, he's eight pounds, four ounces, we think. And I'm like, wow. awesome. Like he grew and all that. Like, yeah, like but that's kind of big. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they started me on the pill that they stick up you. Okay. Side attack. That. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, let's start with that. But like, you're contracting. So yeah, like, like, this is great. You're going to be great. And so they did that and disappeared for like six hours. Mm-hmm. And I was like, put an IV in me, but didn't put anything, anything on, on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, cool, we're just sitting here for yes. forever. Like, yes. I really didn't know. Like, my sister had had her baby two weeks before me and went in at like 6 a.m. Baby was here by 1 p.m. So I was Amazing. like, baby's coming. Yes. You're like, this is going to be quick. <laughs> and all that. And so girl next to me gets like wheeled out to a delivery room okay new patient comes in okay and she just had a c-section i'm like so intrigued <laughs> that they started your induction in that. in what i would call triage <laughs> yeah. but they're also like doing pacu of like a <laughs> like post-op recovery of a c-section yep. in the same place like, like so she's like waking format. up from c-section and she has two kids in the room oh my gosh and it was just like incredibly bizarre like I was just like like was her baby with her no no well maybe the curtain was closed okay you're like maybe I don't know (laughs) um so Madsen just kept being like where is my wife's room like what is happening here this is just really strange and so he would leave and go get like a meal and come back like bring food back for us um because it was 10 a.m. So then the nurses changed shifts at 7. Mm-hmm. So, like, literally nothing happened from 10 to 7. Yeah. Like, they didn't check me. They didn't check in on me. Like, I was completely forgotten about in this weird shared room. So then when C-section <laughs> lady came in and, like, was waking up from that, Madsen, like, poked his head over to a nurse. And he's like, um, like, what's, like, what is happening? So, um... A nurse came back and checked me. She's like, you're still only at a one or two. And I was like, I've been sitting here since 10 a.m. 
and it's 7 p.m. Like, what is yeah. happening? You're like, uh, so nurse changes. We're going to go through five nurse changes. Say, this is your second nurse change. <laughs> so nurse change two at 7 p.m. Okay. I call this dark was the night. Like, I'm not yes. kidding. Yes. <laughs> so <You're> like, um. <laughs> um, she comes in and she's like an older woman and she's like all right you're gonna have a baby i'm so excited for you and i was like great yes i'm i'm having a baby you're like i'm glad we're on the same page <laughs> she's like so a doctor's gonna come look at you um and if you have to have this is it called the foley bulb mm-hmm. the balloon thingy mm-hmm. she's like if you have to have that get your epidural because it's painful and okay. i was like awesome like epidurals what i want yeah. so great um, anesthesiologist guy comes in. He's like, all right, just like sign the thing and I'll come in when you want me. And I'm like, great. Sounds good. Haven't really felt much. Yeah, <laughs> and like, I'm just hanging. all that. And I'm walking down this giant hallway to go pee every hour at least. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, the doctor comes in and the doctor looks 20 years old. And I'm like, I don't think this is the doctor, but she checks me and she's like, why are you here? And I'm like, why, OMG. why is everyone asking me like, this? Why like, are you I'm having a baby. <laughs> I know I look like I'm 16, but I'm 23 and I'm having a baby. You're like, and married. Here's dad. Yes. Like, like it was just so bizarre. People could not, did not understand why it. I was there. And I was like, this is labor and delivery. Um, so then Mattson kept being like, can we get a room? Like we are ho- Hannah's hobbling down this hallway and there are all these empty rooms and the lady was like, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So oh she comes gosh. back. She's like, we're going to do the Foley bulb. And I said, great. I want my epidural. And she's like, no. And I was like, you told me to get You told me this is really painful. And she's like, no, no. The doctor said, no, you are not progressed enough. And I'm like, but I thought it was my choice. <laughs> and okay. so, so many whole things. time, <laughs> so many things, I'm speechless. so many times I'm still contracting pretty hard. Like they were getting painful, um, especially after that thing up me mm-hmm. was helping mm-hmm. whatever. Yes, <laughs> the side attack helping you to dilate. Um, I love it. <laughs> so she's like, I'm so sorry, but you can't get your epidural. And I'm like, I'm in a lot of pain. And she's like, I can give you morphine shots. And I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, um, three of them. Three of them, incredibly mm-hmm. painful, mm-hmm. very painful. Um and so I'm like, sure, if you're not going to give me an epidural, I'm already in pain. And you told me this thing is really painful. So gives me the shots. And so, I'm like, sorry. Yes, question. <laughs> She's saying the doctor says you're not progressed enough to get an epidural. Yes. That's her reasoning behind yes. not letting you get an epidural. Yes. Interesting. Very interesting, huh? For anyone listening, <laughs> you get an epidural whenever the oh, frick you I've want. Oh, okay? I've learned that. I've learned that. Do not let somebody push you around because. No. And it I, is you and your body, and you do what you want. Exactly. That's all I like Continue. I was like, this nurse came in, and I was like, okay, she's, she's gonna be better than this Especially other one that just she didn't care. I'm like, exactly. Girl, what are and you so, doing? dark was the night. We get moved to a closet. No windows. Like a corner room, no windows. Not even a corner room. It's literally a closet. Oh my gosh. Like there's still no bathroom. It's, it's a closet. <laughs> it's a closet that barely fits a hospital bed. Um, but before I got moved to that. She put the bulb up me. Okay. Pulled the end of the bulb. Yep. Pulled it to tension, which is just. It slipped. Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. 
up. It slipped and snapped me. Like, I have a no, scar from it. No, yeah, yeah. Man, it was so painful. So then. I don't mean to laugh. No, I'm no, like, but it's like unreal at this point. So um, then she finally tapes it down, and I'm like, what is this? Like, yeah. no one has ever told me about that no. thing. So I still have to get up and wobble all the way the down the hall. To with the bathroom your Foley. With my Foley. And oh. Madsen was, like, helping me down this giant hallway, and I just remember literally collapsing, and I had to pee so badly, but it went, my body would not let it come out because I was in so much pain. I had a weird thing up me, and, like, I had just been snapped. <laughs> literally. like, I can't walk anyway. I can't because... walk. Like, I, my whole body was just shaking, and I was like, this is not what I thought labor was. Like, I knew labor was hard, but yeah. I did not think, like, I just didn't know what that I just never even pictured that. This is that. a really unique circumstance. No, like, it is. Really. In and of itself. But still, like, I'm like, all the things that happens, <laughs> I'm like, whoa. What? It okay. was bizarre. bizarre. So then we're in the closet, and I think the morphine made me sick or labor. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. all the things. Like, my mom warned me. She's like, I threw up all of labor. Like, yeah. it's okay. It's normal. Um, especially when you were sick all pregnancy, whatever. So I just, like, really don't feel good. And... The nurse comes back in. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, I can't, like, pee. Like, I want the epidural so badly. I'm contracting like crazy. This thing is so painful. And she's like, I don't think so. I don't think you should be able to get it yet. And I'm like, I, I'm on hour, like, it's the middle of the night. Like, you're almost to 24 yeah. at this point. Like, I, it was so painful. And so finally, like, I, Madsen went out in the hallway and asked someone for the epidural, gu- er, sorry, anesthesiologist. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and he came in and for the first time I felt like honestly safe and like cared for. And yeah. he, I was just sitting in the bed shaking uncontrollably. And I was just like, please, I just want the epidural. And he turns to the nurse and starts yelling at her. And he's like, why didn't you let her get one? Why didn't Good. you let her get one? Good. And he was just like, okay, let's do the things, and I just, I did not feel good, and she's like, well, you're not gonna be able to get up, I'm like, I can't even move anyways, like, my whole body is just done, (laughs) and, like, we're gonna be fine, so he places epidural, and I vomit everywhere, Uh and it just, I, I felt bad, but I vomited all over this nurse, and, like, like, I felt horrible, but I was just like, you, I've not made this experience that great, um, which like makes me sad. Hannah. I know. Like, so like dark. Honestly, dark was the night. But like <laughs> seriously. So then, I get the epidural. It works. It, he did an incredible job. Love it. Um, and I'm just like laying in bed. So, then like Matson's trying to sleep, but he has a chair like literally yes. like a work chair like, <laughs> like not a bed like, okay. like we were like okay you'll be able to like have a bed whatever yeah, like no, no no sleep um and I'm just still pretty nauseated and sick mm. um and so she comes and checks me like I feel like a weird sensation and the bulb had fallen oh, out no. so it worked good it was great I was at a four or a five um and then she's like, so the doctor told me. So, again, like, no doctor is coming in. But mm-hmm. she's like, they told me that you should probably break your water to help things going, start going. And I'm like, great. Like, I'll do anything. Yes, <laughs> Truly. Like, this is what I'm here for. Let's um, go. And so she broke my water. So the nurse broke your water? Or a doctor? I'm trying to remember. I actually, no, water wasn't broken yet. Okay. Or what? Okay. 
Because now that you see, I think the like, nurse like, did it. Now honestly. I'm just curious because where I worked, the doctor the had doctor to broke the water, just because like of risk of. You know what? No, it was the the attending like the that resident looked or somebody that yeah. was there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, makes me feel a little bit a safer little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> so water broken. Yes, and then the nurse change was about to happen. Okay. So, so you're now here about twenty four hours. So, honestly, this was, like, heaven sent. She opened my closet door, and she's like, I'm Jocelyn. You're having your baby today. And I'm like, <laughs> You're like if one fantastic. <laughs> We're going to have the baby. But she was, like, again, same vibes as anesthesiologist, just so kind. Okay. Like, I was good. like, I feel safe with her. I honestly feel safe and good. Yeah. So, like, she wheels me into this beautiful delivery room and it was massive I mean it felt massive it, yes. it wasn't that massive but, but like like windows a bathroom yes. that didn't matter at that point <laughs> but a bed for Madsen yes. like we were just exhausted and so she came in I think I was at a six and she just did her thing for me all day long I was laying side to side with the peanut ball and She's like, you're going to have this baby today. You're going to have this baby today. I'm so excited. His heart rate is beautiful and just so positive. And I was like, I am, I can't mentally give up. Like we're hitting 24 hours. It's going to be okay. Like it's just going to be a long labor, I guess. Like, I don't know. Um, I, at that point, there's no turning back. Like you, you just have to keep going. You're in it and you're just like, this is taking so long. Here we are. (laughs) So long, so painful, all of that. But the epidural was, was great. Um, and then, so you can't eat during all of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so she does her shift, 7 a.m., 7 p.m. They check me at the end, and I'm only at an 8 still. So just wow. like the slow. her full shift. You're her full shift, and I started Pitocin with her. Like, I finally started something yeah. with the IV. Yeah. Um, and Which kind of amazing, though, that your body was doing it on its own to get you to slowly, a with the balloon thingy. But it was it was getting there. So I sat at an eight, and she was like devastated to go home. Like she yeah, was like, like, I, I don't want to leave you. Baby. You will have this baby tonight. And I'm like, great. So what's the date? I went. Yeah, so like, now you're uh, like, where are we? <laughs> it was the 26th. Nurse changes. Um, and it's like this very kind woman, but English was not her first language. It was kind of tricky to understand her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's just doing the same thing that Nurse Jocelyn did, like side to side, all that. Um, but then she like runs in at one point and she's like, the heart rate's crazy. The heart rate's crazy. And so I have to somehow get on my hands and knees mm-hmm. with the epidural and then it regulates. Yeah. So that happened like four or five times. Okay. So what Theo's heart was probably doing was having like a deceleration is what uh-huh. we would call it. And it's where like his heart rate is decelerating. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that sounds exactly. Dumb, but, like the fastest way to fix that as the nurse would be to like flip you over. Flip you over. Or, like get you off whatever position you're yeah. in pretty much to see if the baby will come back up but okay. it's so scary yeah I mean mom. I didn't yeah you know yep I mean? yep yep nine out of ten times I would say like you move the mom and the baby's heart it goes it gets right back up yeah Not, like fast but it gets there it gets and you're there. okay but it's really startling especially for a nurse to run in and be like Duh! hello <laughs> you know <laughs> yes and so um like I just felt like fine with her so then okay 
at like 3 a.m., a, a uh, like a, an adult comes in <laughs> and a doctor and she's like, you're, you're going to have this baby. And I was like, great. Oh my God. Awesome. Yes. And she's like, just keep on keeping on. And I was like, okay. So then my temperature gets taken and my nurse is like, you're running a fever. Mm. And I was like, okay, um, what do I do for that? <laughs> like, yes, all like, right. Here I am. <laughs> um, so they give me Benadryl. Well, then I also get checked, and I'm at a 9. Like, still not okay. quite a 10. I don't really feel pressure, all that. But she's like, there's a lip of your cervix that's swollen, and I can't clear it. So we're going to prep for a C-section. And I was like, okay. Like, a C-section is absolutely not the end of the world or any of that. But I was just like, I've been through all of this. And, like, I would have just rather have come in and started with a C-section and just done that. Um, but, all right, let's get this baby out. So then a different doctor comes in and, like, hardly says anything but checks me and is like, give her Benadryl and give her two hours. Yeah. And so they're like, if your fever comes down and that clears, then you can probably start pushing. And I was like, okay, so two hours pass. I'm wide awake because I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, you're like, I can't sleep at this point. And um, then the doctor comes back in, and she's like, all right, um, you're going to have a C-section. I can't clear this. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I'm like updating my So they're thinking you need a C-section because the lip of your cervix is just too swollen. Yep. It's just not going down. Yep. Then mm. a different doctor comes in five minutes later and, like, just checking me and she's like I do a practice push and I did a practice push and it moved I guess and she's like all right vaginally and I'm like the flip flop <laughs> you're like okay all righty so like, we're laughing but truly no, I can't horrible. even imagine that emotional roller coaster horrible. of like that that and alone. just like okay so then oh. she's like you're at a 10 it, like great and like, this is only like four in the morning and okay. so I'm at a 10, and I sat there at a 10 for a long time. Okay. And uh, I'm, like, texting my mom and my mother-in-law. And at that point, they were going to fly in two days after I went in because we thought, oh, we'll be home so by then. they're flying in today. <laughs> they're flying oh, in okay. today, um, which ended up being a blessing. Um, and so my mom is, like, urgently texting Madison and me and she's like you should not be sitting at a 10 for this long see that's where I'm you like, should okay. not be sitting at a especially 10 especially if you have a fever a fever like, and my water had been broken for so long yes. um so, so then like all of a sudden like no one was checking on me and my mom's like get a doctor now yes. and I'm like why like what like what's happening like I was so exhausted like I did not even know what was happening so um all of a sudden, like, windows open, new shift change, <laughs> and Nurse Jocelyn comes back. Oh, no. Yeah, she came back. She probably was no, like, she didn't sleep why all night, literally. And she's like, she came in and held my hand, and she was like, You are having this baby with me right now. You're, you're starting to push. You're at I a just 10. I literally got chills no, like, because I know it, that feeling, and I'm just like, oh. It was like, I didn't, I had nothing left to give, honestly, no. at that point. And she's like, We're going to do this. We're going to do this. You're going to start pushing. So 7 a.m. I start pushing. Okay. But I thought it was very strange because it was just her and Madsen in the room. And I was like, okay. Or is Madsen catching the baby? <laughs> You're like, eh. Is she catching? The and Madsen gets really, 
like woozy with medical stuff and so I was just like I don't know if I trust him like holding my leg or like any of that but like he absolutely stepped up and like had watched his wife suffer through all of this like that okay so yeah we start (laughs) go Madsen um we start pushing at seven like I am pushing as hard as I can it is not just like I'm casually pushing I am pushing as hard as I can to get this baby out and at that point it had been 40 four uh 44 hours yeah of labor and painful labor so at that point the epidural had worn off wearing off and I could feel everything like I kept paging the anesthesiologist I'm like I am in so much pain and she's like I'm so sorry like there's there's not much I can do like the epidural's in you like yeah they're like I'm so sorry (laughs) I'm so sorry like you just have to do it well and at this point too they're probably thinking you're a 10 Oh, baby's going to pop out. Like, baby's going to be here. You've been waiting at a 10. Like, you've labored down. Like, all these things that, to the anesthesiologist, is, like, point. He's probably like, eh, you'll be be done being pregnant in two seconds. Like, you're fine. fine. So I'm pushing. I start pushing on my right side. Then I start pushing on my left side. Then Theo's heart rate goes crazy. So I go back to all fours. Then they bring in a bar. Okay, squat yeah. bar. Love. <laughs> they bring in the bar I, to try I pushing do on that. I love that because you have an epidural and they gave you that option. That yeah. doesn't happen yeah. very often, so really? I love that. They were doing, Nurse Jocelyn had was, my back. She literally she, was doing it all. She was doing it all. And um, so still pushing, like every contraction, every 90 seconds, minute, whatever, yeah. pushing as hard as I can. Like I remember looking up at the clock, I'm like, it's 9 a.m. Like this has been two hours and like we're still going. And so after that point, Bar's gone. She's like, just keep pushing. So I remember a doctor coming in after two hours, and she's like, amazing, you're doing so great. Keep pushing. I'm going to go deliver the baby next door. And I'm like, what? You're like, thanks. (laughs) No. (laughs) So then, like, this was, like, the most out-of-body experience. I literally remember physically snoring and falling asleep between pushes. I had nothing left to give. Mm -hmm. I, I, like... I can't even really describe it. It was just like, I just remember Mazin holding my hand. I remember him putting my hydroflask up to my face and giving me water and holding my oxygen mask because I needed oxygen at that point. And I pushed for two more hours like that. And then he finally came out. And I remember, like, my eyes were closed. I didn't even look at anything the last hour of pushing. And um, I remember just, like, I could feel a ton of people coming in the room. And I'm like, okay, he has to be coming out. And they're like, we see hair. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. And it was still like 15 more minutes of pushing. Yeah. And so I pushed for four hours, um, yeah. like full <laughs> pushing. Full pushing. <laughs> full pushing. And on no sleep. On no, no sleep. Food. Pain. Like I pain. felt it all. And um, I remember like a med student being like, your baby's coming out. Open your eyes. Why aren't you opening your eyes? And I was like, I could oh. either yell at that person or just keep like, fo- like I was yes. like meditating in my mind, just like I'm so focused. And like I could hear Madsen like getting weepy and like yeah. really emotional. It takes a lot for Madsen to be emotional like that. And I was just like, it, it has to be ending soon or like this, like, is incredibly scary for him to see. It probably both. Yeah, honestly. yeah. You're like we're like seeing close, your spouse also. in that much pain and just, I mean, whoa. So well, feeling so helpless. You know uh, I mean? Honestly, like, like I, I felt bad for him, where he was just like, "What do we do?" Like, yeah. 
So then Theo finally comes out and I was just like, hallelujah, like biggest relief. I was so grateful. And like I held him for a little bit and then a pediatrician came in and checked him and they're like, he's white, but like, it's okay. So he had turned white when they held him. And um, Nurse Jocelyn was just like taking care of me, but immediately rips out epidural, makes me go try to go to the bathroom immediately and I was like my whole body was just shaking Shaking. like not a chance but I could like get like I was okay I could get up and move Mm -hmm. like it was okay so my parents had been in the waiting room that whole most of that time that I was pushing but they knew that it was just gonna be me and Madsen and my mom wanted that for me yeah yeah um and like my parents come in the room and I just start sobbing and they start sobbing and my dad and my mom just start hugging the nurse and they're like you like saved her honestly and Jocelyn was like everyone in the hallway just said call it call it call it a c-section just call it and she's like she can do this and like I will never forget nurse Jocelyn and I literally have chills (laughs) again because like the nurse that fights for you you yeah is everything because still I didn't even know the doctor that delivered I I knew nothing and I didn't care for the doctor that I really it was just like I mean again they're probably there there for 10 minutes but, like, yeah. Nurse Jocelyn was everything to me. Yeah. And, like, we were really sad to, like, part ways with each other in postpartum. And she, like, I mean, she knew Theo's name before, like, our families. And we were like, it's Theodore. And she just held him and was just, like, so it. emotional and so sweet. Um, and so we get to postpartum and Madsen's parents came in, too. And so, like, we're all just in the um recovery and it just was like the biggest relief and my body just shook like I had horrible shakes I could not get it under control and I couldn't pee Mm. and so they took out the catheter like after that like immediately after birth and so I couldn't pee and so no epidural no relief they had to stick it back in and I had (laughs) so much pain so much swelling um especially with how swollen you probably yep exactly that's just given you already had a swollen cervix Mm -hmm. you've been you've had an epidural for a long time you'd push for four hours like i'm like you are very very swollen for many reasons yes and then to have to be straight cathed because you can't get up to the bathroom because they pulled your catheter super quickly (laughs) really fast i'm just like and i was just like please just pee like I just wanted my body so bad and like that whole thing just I felt so out of body like I was Mm -hmm. just like did I do like what happened so we were eating dinner and just like enjoying each other and all of a sudden I see my mom look up at Madsen and she just starts screaming he's blue he's blue he's blue and I was like what what and Madsen was holding Theo and Theo had turned blue and we didn't (gasps) even notice and so my mom grabs him and starts running him into the hallway and screaming and I was just like I'm sorry, what? (laughs) And so nurses come in, they shake him, and then he starts crying. And I'm like, again, like, okay. And so they rush him straight to the NICU, and Madsen runs after him, and I'm like, Gigi, please go with Madsen. Like, someone just go with him. Like, neither of us are okay. This was just a lot. And so they go, and they sit with Theo, and I'm glad I was not there. Because they hook yeah. him up to everything, all the, all the IVs, so and, like, all of that. And so uh, my parents stayed with me, and they were just like, it's going to be okay. And I honestly, 
was just like, okay, at least he's in really good, like, I have nothing left to give, I literally don't, I, my body felt like I had run a marathon, and I had never been so sore in my life, yeah, and so I was just like, I'm just gonna lay down, like, and just be grateful he's in amazing hands, and he's gonna be fine, and so, you're amazing, even just to, like, have that outlook, oh, (laughs) no, it, it, no, it all comes back, (laughs) but I, so I go, and uh, they only let two people in at a time to visit him. And mm-hmm. so Madsen stayed with him for a long time and fed him a bottle and all that. Like, I already wasn't planning on breastfeeding. And so, like, that decision was easy to just, yeah, like, kind of perfect, go feed it. It was perfect. Madsen could feed him. And I was just like, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Um, and so I remember my dad was like, you should go see him. And I'm like, yeah, I want to go see my baby. <laughs> and yeah. so he got me in a wheelchair and like did wheelies with me in the hall, just trying to make yes, light of like, the situation. Like, and um, he wheeled me in and still my body was just shaking. And they were like, here, do you want to hold him and feed him? And he's hooked up to all, all the things. things. And I was just like, this isn't real. Like, I just, I'm scared to hold him. And I'm just scared like I don't feel good and so I remember my dad sat with me and I like shakily fed him a little bit of a bottle and they're like so did the doctor update you on him and I'm like no and they're like he isn't eating well and there might be a brain infection and I was just like huh what like I thought he was fine and all this stuff and they're like they're gonna run antibiotics but I think he should be fine and I was just in such a daze and I was like I don't feel good like this is not healthy for me to be over here like I I really don't feel good and so I went back and I just remember our parents had left they're like you two get sleep we'll go sit with Theo and everything's gonna be okay and like, what a blessing in disguise that, that they came in when they so did uh, like, no honestly like, like it was such a blessing to have our parents there and Madsen and I just like I just remember him giving me a hug and we both just fell apart and we were just sobbing and we were like what just what happened? did you even just <laughs> what through? just happened and I mean that night we just we didn't really know what would happen with Theo and I know a lot of people actually do have horrible outcomes and really unfortunate things happen to their babies um but that next morning they came in and they're like so he seems fine and we're just gonna keep him and observe him and he's gonna move to the PICU like after shift change or something like that okay which was strange because I needed to stay they want because I couldn't pee and so (laughs) I still had that issue um and so that next morning I remember I went and visited him in the NICU and my mom and Madsen were just like cheering him on latching on a bottle and just like go Theo you can do it and just like so many positive vibes um and then the NICU bed next to me, the parents were signing a DNR. And I was just like, where am I? Like, what? I just felt so lost, honestly. Yeah. And just yeah. like, what are these parents going through? That is horrific. Yeah. Um, is my baby okay? 
is he going to turn blue again? Yeah. Is his brain actually okay? Like just so many questions. And so I just went back to my hospital room and just still like laid there. Like I, I did not know how to process. I didn't know what to do. Um, but like Madsen sat there and did all of his feedings and everything. And just, I gained a lot of my strength from him, honestly, to yeah. just like keep going. Theo's here and we're going to be here for him. And, yeah. um, so then I think that night they moved him to the PICU. Okay. Um, which I guess meant like a graduation. Like okay. it was good, I was good gonna thing. I was going to say, again, interesting. Right? I don't Would know why have, he yeah, didn't stay in the NICU. Here we are. Um, so he stayed in the PICU. So like, again, like I had my baby. This is, I think, is a night or two after. And I'm still just okay. like, I haven't really held him. Like I just, this whole thing was bizarre. All of it. Yeah. So bizarre. Like I'm just grateful that um he's here I'm grateful I'm okay I'm grateful he's okay and then the next morning it's like all right you are good to go home and I was just like what like like, I don't even know what's happening okay so I like was thinking in my head I'm like I really hope my mom doesn't leave me like I I need her I need her to stay and so I heard her on the phone outside of my room and she was on the phone with my dad and she's like I need to stay I can't leave her and I know (laughs) and so she stayed with us for like two or three more days because Madsen had two weeks off at that point but we were like we really just want that time us um but I I absolutely needed my mom too and so we get discharged we go home and and Theo's coming home with you Theo came home with us it was we got discharged together very quick from where how severe it was yeah um, did they ever find why he turned blue? No, they were just like, he just forgot to breathe. Yeah, and I'm like, like so... You're like, so is that an issue? <laughs> honestly, <laughs> like looking back, honestly, because of all of his breathing issues now, but... <laughs> but honestly, I'm kind I, of like, okay. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so then we, we got home and we walked into our apartment in LA and my mom's like, you go lay down. Like, we're here. Madsen and I are here to help you go lay down and I just remember feeling so numb and just like what happened and I lay down in my bed and just sobbed for two hours and I remember I could hear them outside and they're like we're so glad she's resting like you're like we're so glad that like she can just go take a nap and just be okay and I just sobbed sobbed for two hours and I was just like I am not okay like that was a lot and so I slowly would start like holding Theo and I was just like okay like you're my baby and like I'm your mom I think (laughs) it's just like a bizarre like transformation overnight where your care for yourself like it it goes to another person for 24 hours a day every day for the rest of your life and that transition itself was kind of a lot for me like I just I didn't really actually think about okay baby's here like my whole life will be devoted to him Mm -hmm. for the rest of his life and that was it's beautiful but it's also really overwhelming when you don't feel okay yourself and so I remember the night feeding like you come home from the hospital and no one tells you what to do I like Madison and I were just standing there and I like turned to my mom I'm like what what do we do like what am I supposed to do with him and she's like this is what I did with my babies you can do that you can do what you want 
but I would wake them up, change their diapers so they're awake, then feed, then put back down. Like yeah. that kind of schedule where like have a wake time after they feed and then like feed again and put back down, whatever. I'm trying to remember what it was. So yeah, you're like, we you started some that. regimen that you're like, okay, here we are. Like we had a little bit of a routine that yeah, is, and yeah. that's what my brain needed. Just yeah. like, here's my routine. This is what I'm going to do. Almost I'm going to keep him you alive. Can, like, go through the motions with, without yes. like too much brain power. Because Truly. It's, like, you're, you're exhausted. just exhausted. And I was you're beyond exhausted. Yeah, I'm like, in addition to exhaustion, <laughs> you're working through an insane experience. Mm-hmm. And just, like, trying to cope with everything. Yep. And, and coming to motherhood is, like, whoa. And just in a bizarre what? situation. Yes. And alone in a city that, Seriously, like, alone. I didn't know. Really alone. And so I remember turning to Madsen that first night, and I was like, do you feel traumatized? <laughs> like, like, that was not what I expected at all and I know birth doesn't go as expected but that just felt like bad honestly like just bad and he was like honestly I've been through a lot in my life that like yes that was hard but it didn't really traumatize me which is valid he has been through a lot of really challenging things in his life and I was just like like okay do you like I'm traumatized. You're I think like, that's I the word to be traumatized like, by that. I like. think that that's what is happening to me. Like, I just don't feel good. So time goes on. Like, I really bond with Theo. Like, we good. just, we had fun, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, so, like, my mom left, and I sobbed uncontrollably when she left. And I just, I think I knew that I just... It was up to me and me, myself, and I to take care of him yeah. when Mads went back to work. Yes. And so Madsen's mom came out right when Madsen went back to work, and that was okay. so helpful. Okay. I was really scared to be alone and, like, yeah. on my own with him because I just didn't feel good, and it was just so much all at once. Okay. And so I think, like, going back to the whole beginning of this where I was just like, that was traumatic, that was traumatic, that was traumatic, and this was traumatic – like a lot of traumas added up for me and I think that that birth just like exploded my brain and And I just like just kept going like I just but I did not feel good like Like you're so resilient when you're just like I'm just gonna grin and bear it and like keep going yep and I I I went to like pediatrician and all that and I, I just never really felt, like, safe and good. Like, it was just, mm. like, he turned blue? That's weird. And I'm like, but why? Is he going to turn blue again? Like, I was grateful we had the outlet, and yeah. I could monitor yes. his oxygen all night, and, like, he was okay. But then it was, like, he had torticollis, and I was in PT with him, and I just had to constantly go back to that hospital mm. over and over again. And I just did not like that. Yeah. And... At my six-week appointment, my doctor's like, look at this cute baby. And I'm like, I know, but, but like, did you see my chart? Like, did like, you see talk my about birth? What happened because to me? I've never really, like, seen something like this. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, this was just yes, a lot. Yeah. And she's like, it happens. And I was, like, so defeated. Like, I just felt so unvalidated. And, like, something's wrong with me then because – yeah, you're like, you just why are do supposed I feel traumatized to bring if... a baby into the world and be fine and be their mom mm-hmm. and all that. And so, like, I remember filling out 
the postpartum forms and I was like I want to feel good so I feel good right I want to feel like I just all my life I've wanted to be a mom and so when it just felt like not this oh magical this that like I just felt like such a failure and um then like Theo hit four months and that's when COVID hit and I just I was just like barely still going like I just I I knew I didn't feel good but none of the forms added up to postpartum depression or anxiety and I was just like I guess I'm fine like I guess I'm I guess I'm fine I should be fine and like I have a beautiful healthy baby and I should be fine so I'm fine Mm -hmm. and so COVID happened we emergently left LA we went and stayed with Madsen's family first and then my family which was really it was a good thing but it was also really challenging for me to not have a nursery for Theo and my own space space. trying to figure out how to be a mom try to figure out all of this mental health stuff I was seriously dealing with and so I remember my mom like literally shaking my shoulders and she was like you have got to take care of yourself like please and I'm like why are you saying that like and I was so defensive and so just like I just want to be a mom and that's all I want to be and I want to be a good mom but I just I I just I knew I didn't feel okay (laughs) and I keep saying that but like I knew in the back of my head oh like on the outside I'm presenting an incredibly happy mom but on the inside I was dying and I just felt like such a failure and all that and so like COVID was just really tricky for everyone like not just a new mom but for everyone and we're on top of each other and like I was really grateful to have Madsen's mom when we lived with them because I mean I could hand feel after her and like she just really helped like she got me out of the house we walked like 10 miles every day day. and so like we got out and like that felt it helped a little bit mm-hmm. um but then it was just like it was really hard because Madsen was still working long 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 days mm-hmm. and I was just like alone at his parents house and yeah. it just it was hard and Theo wasn't really sleeping great and so then we moved to my mom's house and I was really grateful to have my mom because she knows me better than I know myself and yes. she could just tell like I was not okay um but we were here and my sister who had her baby two weeks older than Theo like we got here and I was like your baby's sleeping through the night what are you doing how how do I do this so she like helped me get Theo on the schedule she was on and he started sleeping and I was like wonderful my baby's sleeping but I am not I had horrific nightmares every night of labor and it would all go back to that and I'd wake up shaking like with the shakes Mm -hmm. every night and I never slept and I was just like running on so much exhaustion and so finally I was like I I just want to see my OB here and just get closure because he is that amazing <laughs> so yes, you're about. like I'm coming back and I'm to like, him <laughs> I just need someone to validate this experience like yeah. this just was not okay mm. and so I go see him and the instant he walked in the door I just sobbed and I was just like this I don't think this would have happened under your care I really don't I think it would have been long and hard but I just I don't think some things would have happened and he was just like I think that you've got some PTSD 
and I was like, that term is so like loosely thrown around yeah and I was like yeah probably and he's like no like postpartum PTSD it's a real thing and I'm going to refer you to a therapist and I was like okay um in the back of my head I was just like all I wanted to do was be a mom and I don't need extra help Mm -hmm. and I just I can do this I just want to be a mom and so when he threw that out I was just like okay I'm at rock bottom like I I need help Um, and so I had come home and told my mom about it and she, I think she was just like, okay, coming from a doctor and not me, it was probably helpful. Um, but like I'm full support, like you need help. (laughs) Um, and so still thick of COVID. I mean, we're on lockdown here and all that. And so, um, I get in with a maternal mental health therapist and then also a psychiatrist and I knew nothing I it was so foreign to me um but I was so desperate to feel better just something like I felt numb this whole time I just and Madsen was like I just I'm in full support of whatever you need to do to feel better um and so that both of those things were virtual but those um, appointments were the first time I felt super validated in like this is why yes. you're not you have so much trauma that's added up in your life and yep like you're validated in like not being okay like yes. even just if none of this happened you're validated in having postpartum mental health issues and like yes. I was just like okay and I was super private about it like nobody knew and um so I start um, with my therapist, and she's like, I think we should do EMDR therapy, mm-hmm. um, which I had never heard of. Mm-hmm. And it's with – I had written down what it stands for, but you can look it up. <laughs> I, I can't I'm remember. Like, I'm like, but honestly, it's like my brain at this with point. With your eyes and reprocessing and all of that. and Essentially, it like helps the like pathways that created the memory or whatever, like kind of mm-hmm. rewire, right? Yep, you're rewiring okay. and reprocessing traumatic events. Okay. And so she had me fill out the postpartum form, and I was like, I want to feel this. So I want to feel this, and so I'm going to mark all that. Um, and she's like, okay, so. Um, so like, you're feeling good? Yeah. yeah. She's like, great. She's like, okay, well, let's, like, start diving into this. So, like, let's find what your safe space is. Let's find this. Let's find that. And, like, first things first, you have to set up self-care for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um after every therapy appointment and I was like oh I take care of myself and she's like well what do you do and I'm like hmm you're like sometimes I get a shower I'm like I (laughs) an extra five minutes work out and she's like you you have to set up Mm self-care you have to set up something and so I was just like okay like I've never really thought of that and these EMDR sessions were so draining it Mm -hmm. it is hard work honestly and so I go to my first one and I'm like hooked up to vibrators and the lights are going with the eyes and I start the process and so I saw her I think we did nine sessions of that okay and um it my symptoms started getting a little bit better but I was so triggered by births like I got off Instagram this whole time I Mm. I could not talk about birth really or see births and like 
it was really triggering. And so I feel so bad, Han, because I probably <laughs> texted you and was like, How's the birth? <laughs> like, and you know, everyone and then being did. like the nerdy, I don't but know. But like it's just you don't know until you know. Totally. And so totally. like and I wanted to be fine. I wanted yes. so badly to be like, I did this hard birth and I'm fine. Yes. And I don't understand why I wanted that to be the goal. Because no one is fine after that. Nobody is. No. Like, no one's even fine after having a baby. Like, it's a lot. Yes. <laughs> no, truly. No and matter like, what. <laughs> I, you said this earlier, and I didn't stop you because, like, I thought it was a really, like, poignant point. But just to, like, even say it one more time is you, you said when you went to see your other OB, you felt validated. And yes. you were like, I don't know if my experience would have been different, like, if he had delivered or the one I had delivered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just, like... You can't control who validates your experience because you can't control who delivers your baby. You no. know what I mean? Like, it's like no. you, you can't control your nurse, and they might be a crappy nurse. Yep. And, like, <laughs> you can't control a lot of the things that happen. And so, like, it's really normal, I think, that women come out of their birth experiences and they're like, am I okay what was that, that I feel traumatized? <laughs> you know what I mean? But right, like, exactly. But other people in the room are like, yeah, this was the most the magical like, thing whatever. in the world. Yeah. Or, or, like... Totally. Where your doctor's like, oh, I see this all the time. Because in yes. reality, like, she they does. Do. They do. You know do. what I mean? Or, like, yes. your nurse is like, oh, this is pretty normal. Like, you're good. Yes. But it's like, no, for you, this was not. And, no. like, you are traumatized. <laughs> and, like, all of these things are very normal reactions and feelings that you're having. Yes. And it's just like, yes. Like, I'm so <laughs> glad that well, we've gotten yes. to that point. Where and like, I yes. feel like normalizing that birth can be incredibly traumatic is something new yes, like totally. i i never knew birth was traumatic well, because I, all you see is the instagram photos of like oh my gosh, and these like glamorous videos of like yes. beautiful music and like twinkling mm-hmm. and like magical the videos that as the nurse often only show like the beautiful points of the situation i'm like okay you guys if you yeah. were filming the whole actual thing like it's it's a lot which like, i love a birth video no. don't get me wrong but it's it has totally changed the way that Oh, it Our ruined brains, how like, my brain thought it for like, sure. Birth. No, totally. And even just like pictures, like yes. I'm just like you don't understand all of that behind the scenes. That in even a normal seamless yes. birth, which I had that with my second, but just like yes. a lot of a lot goes into that. Yes. And so this EMDR really it changed my life like yeah. I finally started sleeping and I felt like I could just like get this all out and really work through all of these traumatic things that happened and so like I felt like I graduated from yes, the birth yes. part of it but then I still had to work through like Madsen leaving on a mission Madsen's head injury all the other trauma all the other trauma yes. I've been through and like really help my brain and just get to know myself my triggers like I had never experienced panic attacks before until after I had Theo and like the first time I flew with him complete panic attack I couldn't breathe and then which we can go further on so (laughs) I I did that like I am still with my therapist and psychiatrist every we do check-ins like once a month or once a quarter and um, you just don't really know what triggers you. Yeah, and yeah. like, even when you started this podcast, I was like, you were like, who has birth stories? And I'm like, well, I do. And you're like, I'm doing a podcast to share births. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to support you as a friend because birth is so <laughs> triggering. Yeah. And at least it was for me. Sometimes it still is, but yeah. I was just like, 
I run away from birth, like, honestly. Yes, you're like, this is and not for me. And all that. But I think, like, but like, you share. Just to speak to how far you've come, <laughs> here you are yeah. on the podcast. Here we are. Sharing your birth hand. But really, like, I know. that's something to be celebrated. It is. For real. It is. And, like, I didn't really open up about my birth and my mental health journey until, like, recently, honestly. Like, yeah. my mom was on a, a conference call with a bunch of psychiatrists and therapists and had me on it. And... Like, that was an incredibly safe place to open up about yeah, it. But yeah. it's, like, for a while I just felt so alone and slightly embarrassed that I couldn't just do it, be a mom. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't. I couldn't without without help, without yeah. family support, without therapists, without psychiatrists, without help. I could not have done it. And so by the time I got to the end of my EMDR treatment, I just longed for a do-over. <laughs> yes. I yes. wanted to do this again so badly and just have my doctor here and have it just another go. Yeah. At it. Yes. And so in the meantime, like Madsen and I were kind of like, okay, like Theo turned one. Should we try again? Should we not? Like when I had Theo, I was like, I'm one and done. I will not do this again. This was horrible. Yeah. Um, and so I got around to it. And after my EMDR, like, I finally started sleeping in. I finally could see birth, talk about birth. Like, I, I slowly, gradually could do that. And um, then, had I not done that, I really am too scared to know where I would be. Because yes. I had to face so many hospitals. And so, um, we started trying for a second, 2021. this is gonna be their longest episode ever but oh my gosh 2021 like give me all the details honestly should we make eve's episode a whole episode like maybe we do 20 2021 ours is fast but 2021 was really hard like Mm. 2020 was hard 2021 was really hard so um I did my EMDR, but I kept having some panic attack. Like, COVID really scared me. It really, really scared me that Theo could get sick. It, like, I had seen him in that NICU state. I never wanted to see him like that again. And um, so he had chronic ear infections, needed ear tubes, March of 2021. Okay. And so what, what? A little over a year? Like 15, yeah, 16 yep, months? Okay. Exactly. Um, and so what I learned in EMDR and therapy and just learning about myself and medical things, like I thought I wanted to be a nurse. Like I love medical things. I love Grey's Anatomy. I love all of that. Yes, you're all into it. And I'm all into it. And so, um, but I, I learned how triggering hospitals came for me and like all of that. And so for me to feel okay, I have to have as much information as I can. I need to talk to people that have experienced it. And so with Theo's ear tubes, I was like, I'm facing like a surgery and it's very mild and all of that, but it's still a surgery and it's scary to put your baby under. Mm -hmm. And so Theo gets scheduled for beginning of March. I find out I'm pregnant beginning of March so excited so excited I look at the test and I'm like this is gonna be our baby girl this is little Eve like I had just felt the presence of this baby girl like long before I even had Theo and um so day of his surgery it's still thick of COVID we're one year into COVID and they were like only one parent can come and I'm like I think I can do this but I don't know and so 
night before they're like come in at 6 a.m and you can bring one other person and i'm like mattson you can come you you have to i don't think i can do this actually you're like like, actually there's no i'm really scared discussion and so that day of ear tube surgery um morning sickness started Mm. of course and panic attacks started and we go in at 6 a.m and i am in the corner in the bathroom throwing up and I don't feel good. I'm shaking. I can't even look at Theo. I can't hold Theo. I feel just like wall over, like just numb again and just, I don't feel good. And had Madsen not been there, I don't know what we would have done. And so he did the whole surgery for Theo, like held him, did everything. And I just sat there shaking and throwing up. And so we get home and I'm still shaking and throwing up, but I don't tell anyone I'm pregnant. Like I'm barely four and a half yeah, you're like, I like literally found and the yesterday. morning sickness has started <laughs> mm. and so I remember I had texted my mother-in-law and I'm like hey I'm exhausted like could you come take Theo for a minute and yes, so you're like, I just right away she comes and picks him up and I'm just throwing up like non-stop and I just don't feel good and the hospital triggered me Theo going under triggered mm-hmm. me like I felt so horrible and so they bring Theo back, and Matt was working from home, and so he could kind of, like, peek in and help. And I remember messaging my therapist, and I was like, I, uh, what's happening? Like, I'm yeah. at ground zero again. And so there was a lot of trauma of having Theo go to the NICU that I just didn't realize. Yeah. And that ear tube surgery brought it all back up for me. And so I was back into EMDR therapy doing a lot of work with Theo. And Theo really, as he started getting older, he really taught me how to trust myself as a mom. And that was what I lacked his whole first year. And I just, like, all he wanted was me. And, like, I'm his mom. And I just, I really didn't trust myself with that. And that, like, mother's intuition, all of that, it came a lot later for me. And so I am sick, 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 sick. (laughs) And throwing up but at least I was under my doctor's care and he had me try again the same medication nothing helped Mm. um so sick so I make it to like eight or nine weeks and I'm like we got to tell our mom like they they have to know at this point but like (laughs) I need help like and mentally I'm not okay like I'm so happy to be pregnant like that wasn't triggering for me but just so sick and still working on things with Theo and all of that. And so, um, let's see, then what happened? <laughs> we tell our families, and both of our moms started helping a lot with Theo, and um, medication doesn't work. I start into second trimester, and I remember my sister-in-law texting me, and she's like, hey, I know that you think it's going to get better, but, like, my second pregnancy, also a girl, weeks 12 to, like, 17 were the worst. They were so hard. You're like, thanks for And I was like, I'm going to be fine. There's no way it gets worse than this. Mm-hmm. And um, it did. Mm-hmm. And so I oh, kept yeah. just uh, – th- I had so much anxiety going to bed because I knew I'd start the morning throwing up. throwing up. And I knew I would throw up, like, multiple times a day and throw up – like, I hated throwing up at night because it was, like – all the food everything everything coming out of my nose I pee my pants every time and it's like yeah what (laughs) garbage can or toilet like (laughs) what what's worse do I want to clean up here or throw up like 
but that's the reality and like it just laugh or like no it's so hard and i felt like the worst mom in the world because i could not take care of you no i had nothing to give and i couldn't take care of theo and i just laid on the couch while he figured out how to independently play hey (laughs) he'll use that for the rest of his life i know (laughs) and i just felt so low and i just Mm. i remember my mom would text me almost every night just one day at a time just face the day just face one day at a time and that's all i could do honestly (laughs) i was so sick and even at 20 weeks i was still i hit a point where i was throwing up like 10 times that day and i had to go in and get ivs i'm like yeah being yeah it was so bad and i couldn't even like open my eyes and all of that but um i just i felt so cared for with my doctor where he was like i'm sneaking you into obeer you're getting IV. like just all the care for you to just get everything (laughs) just all the care and like i could text him at any hour like Mm -hmm. just that's what every woman who's pregnant deserve honestly any doctor at all you really deserve to have someone that you feel safe with and comfortable and validated with and also theo's pediatrician was another huge change for me because the doctors in LA, same hospitals, UCLA, <laughs> uh, they were so hard on me. They were so hard on me as a mom. And I left feeling like the worst mom in the world every time where they're like, why aren't you breastfeeding? Why this? Why that? He's not doing well with torticollis. And it was so negative. And I was just, I never knew how important good doctor, like just the good relationship and good vibes you have with the doctors was yes. until later on like until I experienced it I guess and then I was like okay angels (laughs) though and like I feel like again that's something people don't necessarily like know until they've been with someone that they feel validated with Mm -hmm. if that makes sense totally because it's like oh I've been to this doctor forever you like grow into adulthood you still keep going to him but it's like you probably don't vibe yeah but like do you change him no because I've been with him forever like you know what I mean like it's like yes no find a doctor find someone you feel safe with absolutely and that you're comfortable with and that that really matters um so that 20 week mark so sick getting IVs I start contracting Mm. and it doesn't go away for days and I'm just like okay like I'm already mentally just depleted (laughs) physically depleted I'm so scared like what is what is happening and so I keep contracting and after about four days it goes away and I can finally keep something down um and I'm like this has to be the worst like we're okay and then I start getting a little better but still every morning I throw up without fail and most nights um and so then at 28 weeks I go in for the glucose test and I faint I had never passed out in my life (laughs) and it was a bizarre experience but again like that happened but I had my doctor and he Mm. he was like it's okay it's okay let's prick your finger before like Like, they pricked my finger while I was passed out so I didn't have to redo it but an angel (laughs) like I was just like okay like what more weird bizarre whatever hard things could happen um and so then that next week um I think it was August by then um Theo had that first time where he had his um respiratory issues and I'm so sick and pregnant and I'm staring at him at the couch and I remember calling my mom and I'm like 
I think I'm worried about his breathing. I'm not sure. And she's like, if you are questioning this, hang up the phone right now and go to the doctor. And I just start bawling and I'm like, what? (laughs) What? And so I hang up, I strap him in the car seat and I pull out and just start driving to the pediatrician's office. I didn't really know what to do or what to look for. And, um, they're like, okay, breathing things, yep, come right in. And so he sees his doctor, and he's like, you can go by ambulance, or you can drive him to primary. He's like, you need to get there now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I have worked so hard to face hospitals, like, but so I didn't like, think I'd have to be you, facing this is my worst fear facing hospitals over and over, and like seeing Theo like that. And so we rush up. He has rhinovirus. He's immediately on oxygen, and that is overwhelming. <laughs> like yes. incredibly seeing your baby sick ever, oh it's horrible like emergently emergently sick. sick no seriously and yeah. it's just like you're one second calling your mom like I think maybe we yeah like, like I don't know next you're in the hospital yep. you know you're what I there mean? Like, and you're spending the night traumatic. and traumatic <laughs> like <laughs> dare we title. say that traumatic <laughs> <laughs> and but that was like the first time that I like I did all my practices I did my breathing I did my all the things I worked on in therapy to ground myself when this, when my triggers happen and panic attacks set in. And that was the first time I felt like, okay, I'm his mom and I can do this. And my mom met me at the house, the hospital. She always does. (laughs) She always shows up. Um, and that was the first time that I felt like I could show up as Theo's mom, like in a crisis. And I could, I held him and was there for him. I'd throw up in the toilet. I'd come back. (laughs) And I was just like, this pregnancy with Eve taught me so much endurance. Like, just getting through sickness of that and taking care of Theo, but then, like, emergently taking care of Theo. And Theo is not a kid that sits still ever. Like, you know, (laughs) when you go home on oxygen, (laughs) it's like, yay, we get to go home. But then it's like... And I'm going to run around. I'm literally running around. I'm running around with an oxygen tank and hoping it doesn't explode. Hoping I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, we're like chasing him with it. <laughs> and all of that. And so that happened. I was like, whoa, okay. That, couldn't, that was a lot. But we did it. So then September hits. Same issues happen. And he starts breathing issues. Same signs. I take him to the doctor. Same thing. You can go by ambulance or you can drive him if you feel calm enough. And I'm like, I'm calm. I'm okay. I can take him. We'll do it. Same thing. Overnight. Going home on oxygen again. And I'm like, I have got this. I've got this. Okay, round two. All right. I'm getting more pregnant. The hospital bed is not. (laughs) You're like, as much as I want to stay overnight. (laughs) It's not comfortable. And like, I, I can do this again. Like, Especially after that first one, like, my mom looked at me with just, like, tears in her eyes. And she's like, you did that. Like, You've you come so far. You have come really far. And you you showed up as his mom. Yeah. And, like, you did it. Yeah. And so, yes. and that for me was a lot, too, of, like, okay, I, I did it. Like, honestly, that would have been a crisis. <laughs> like, I would have been oh, in the corner definitely. having a panic attack and throwing up. Definitely. So that happened again in September. October, same thing happens. And we are, like, locked down at our house. Like, Theo hardly goes anywhere. Like, we are masked up. Like, we don't see anyone. I don't understand why this keeps happening. Yes, you're like, why? But same thing. Um, I'm nine months pregnant then with Eve. Still sick. 
and just like I'm just now remembering what happened. <laughs> yes. And so I am just like I we got this just one day at a time. Yes. He goes home on oxygen again. And I'm like, okay. The worst that would happen is this, this happens when I'm going to have Eve. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> it's because you thought it. <laughs> I honest I was just like, there's no way this is gonna happen again. Like yes. Mads and I are so frustrated. We're just like, we cannot keep getting ER bills. Like, this is just so annoying. And like we feel bad for Theo. He's traumatized from oxygen oh, and yes. it's and a going lot. To the doctor and the hospital it is a lot. This kid has been through so much. And um yeah, two weeks before I had Eve, Madsen had a basketball injury also. Um, and anything to his head is incredibly scary for yeah. me yeah. and him. And it was his teeth. Oh, my <laughs> and gosh. Yes. Do you I remember? remember this. I forgot. And I was just like, what more is happening to our family? Like, yes. what? Like, like, everyone's alive. That's all we care about, I guess. Huh. So, but truly, it's like, can you catch a break? No, and so, <laughs> like, we get to the end, and I, I did want to be induced again. Madsen only had five days off of five, five, <gasps> five days what? off. That so we really wanted to be induced on a Friday or Saturday. Have at those least like have the weekend. Hope everything like... went well, and then like at the end, Eve was breech, and they were like, plan on a C-section. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do my things. I'm yeah. gonna talk to people. I'm gonna, like get prepared and feel mentally settled is pretty much what I need to do. And I checked in. I mean, I had my therapy appointments and psychiatrist appointments regular, like especially towards the end of an incredibly triggering thing, which is birth for me. And so, um, where even, okay. So she was breech. And then the day before I was going to have the flip thingy, Uh um, she flipped. Oh, amazing. And okay, I know I that doesn't that. happen for everyone. Yes, and a no, C-section, a again, is not bad. Like, oh. but I I just was like, what is the plan here? <laughs> like, yeah. I have to I have to mentally prepare. Like, yes. I know we, like, say that, but, like, I actually had to for this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so she flipped, and I'm like, all right, induction date set. We're going in on Friday, the 5th of November. And so two three days before Theo gets a runny nose and I'm just like no 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 and runny nose his breathing his oxygen is down in the 80s I take him to his doctor I should just go to primaries at this point but in the rare (laughs) case that I don't need to to (laughs) I always we try to always check so this is time number four and he's like you can go by ambulance or you can drive Theo up there and I'm just like I'm having this baby in three days and you're like I literally I be in the hospital. what am I supposed to do and he's like you got this you can do this and that's all that's mostly all I needed I guess but yeah. we go up <laughs> you're like here we go <laughs> I call my mom she you're shows up <laughs> she, like, thank you <laughs> she shows up meets me in the parking lot takes my car and parks it I run Theo in same thing and I'm just like I am 40 weeks pregnant to all the doctors that come in to check Theo and they're like you are I'm like no like yes clearly like let's not just be nice and whatever like I'm having a baby in three days and they're like oh (laughs) shoot (laughs) I'm so sorry in primaries everyone there is 
angelic like yeah. oh my gosh it's a, it's a special place. most incredible people and so get admitted get to a room and they're like he's gonna have to spend the night and I'm like I cannot like I I cannot I've done this this is my fourth time can you just send me home on oxygen I know what to do like I know please, this please. and I they're like we will see we'll see mm. and so I have to leave and go to my OB appointment oh my gosh <laughs> and <laughs> he's like we're so excited and I'm like I my kid is at primary he's like, like I don't know what to do so I get checked I'm at a three and I'm like do not strip me do not yes, do anything like, we are not having this baby right do yet. not do anything I do not want to have him I do not want to have this baby tonight and so but I was so excited I was at a three yeah. I was just like, like already, already years ahead of already year. we're gonna be fine yes. and like I had to get a growth ultrasound with her at the end and she was like seven pounds something and my doctor's like great size like this is gonna be great like the whole time he was just like even if it goes bad it's still gonna be great like we're all here for you it's gonna be great and so Theo's at the hospital we go back and it is like midnight and I'm like please please can we just go home can we just go home like I will take the oxygen home and they're like okay so I think at this point it was the day before my induction and we go home you don't get sleep when your kid is on oxygen at home for lots of reasons (laughs) and so I go home my mom had my sister living here and her kids were sick and I was like Theo can't go there and so my mother-in-law's like I will take Theo I will take Theo go have your baby and she also has been through a lot of horrific medical things and so I was just like, okay, unfortunately, you know how to do oxygen with yeah. kids. And I felt like, again, the worst mom dropping him off on oxygen. Like, Theo is scared. He only wants mom, all of that. Yes. Um, and so we drop him off, and I'm just waiting to go in to have Eve. And I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> like, yes. this is bizarre. So Friday, they're like, okay, call back. Like, we don't have a bed for you. I'm like okay so like I'm mentally I think I'm ready and all day it's just like call back no you're not coming in today call back call back we don't have a bed you're not emergent and I'm just like but I kind of am you're like, but I my husband has baby. no paternity leave yeah, you're like, I'm working with a week here um so we go in or we go and visit Theo at my in-laws and because we had dropped him off because I just didn't know when yes. I was going in yeah you're like I could go in in an hour uh, yep and so we go and eat dinner with him and the, we call again and they're like, you won't be coming in tonight. Like, go get some sleep, okay. which we all know we won't. Yeah, you're like, and so <laughs> I'm like, oh, we have to wait another day. And literally a half hour later, they call me. They're like, all right, we're ready. And I'm like, oh, no what? <laughs> okay. Like, Excuse me. I thought I wasn't coming. Great. <laughs> which was like, I think it was helpful for me to not even like sit and stew about it all night long again. Yes, yes, and just like, sure. I was so ready to go to a hospital not for Theo, like to go for me and to leave with a baby. Like Mm -hmm. this pregnancy was so hard and I still was throwing up and I was so just, I had never felt endurance like that before. (laughs) And so that you had just like, just the four months of Theo's sickness over and over. (coughs) And then my sickness and then Madsen, just a lot. And so 
we were so excited. Like, we go up there, we go and check in, and I'm like, if someone asks me why I'm here, I will literally, <laughs> like, if someone's checking my room or someone asks me if I'm going to have a baby. Well, I remember so I texting you, and I'm like, are there shared rooms up there? You're like, huh? I was like, girl, I do not think so. <laughs> and so we <laughs> like, get up even there. Even our tiny triage rooms are private. Great, like, <laughs> are great, yeah. So we get up there, and they're like, wonderful, we have you, we're ready. And so Madsen and I get up there. And we get in our room, and I'm like, look, it's a room, and there's a bathroom in here. This is like a hotel. This is huge. I can do a cartwheel in here. And we were just so excited, but so exhausted. I hadn't slept since Tuesday. Because when Theo gets her runny nose, I stop sleeping. Because I know we're going to end up in the hospital. (laughs) Yeah, that too. And um, we go in, and the nurse great nurse and she's like what's your plan what's this and I'm like I want an epidural and I want it when I want it (laughs) and she's like wonderful and I'm like I'm not gonna breastfeed again like it just that's not for me I don't want to do it she's like great I'll mark that on your thing and I'm like we are exhausted like just turn off the lights I just honestly just start the Pitocin I want an epidural and I want to go to bed she's like easy sounds good sounds great (laughs) so we just we get going we went in at like eight and by the time iv was in pitocin was going i made sure to eat something it was just like a bagel or so i knew i would throw it up but just get something in and then i was like i'm feeling it like i'm ready for that epidural like i'm feeling i don't want to feel this at all i want to feel nothing yes and so anesthesia anesthesiologist comes in and Great epidural. I literally just, like, go to sleep. Amazing. Try to. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I wake up super nauseated. I'm just like, oh, boy. I'm This is labor again. Like, yeah, here, like we are. here we are. Um, and they check me, and she's like, you're out of five. I'm going to break your water. Like, we're going to come in and break your water. Yes. The doctor is going to come in and break your water. Yes. <laughs> and so they come in, break my water, and I'm like, all right, like, I bet I have this baby, like, later tomorrow night. Like, I was just so used to it being so long. Yes. And um, she's like, okay, water's broken. Um, My shift is ending, so new nurse. And I'm like, oh, no, like, you were so great. Yes. So next nurse comes in, a wonderful woman, like, wonderful, wonderful person. And she was like, you're at an eight it usually goes pretty fast with the wow. second. And I'm like, no, 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 You're it like, doesn't. Don't tell me that. I sat on an eight for a day. Yes. Um, and she's like, if you feel pressure, just push your button. And I'm like, okay, it'll be hours. Yes. And so um, immediately after she left, I felt pressure. And I was like, is this pressure? Is it, what? Is yes, this? you're like, wait, now that is you this me, it? is this it? And so I sit there and I'm like, Madsen, wake up. Madsen, wake up. Madsen, wake up. And this was, like, 9 a.m. the next morning. Okay. And um, he's, like, I'm up. <laughs> and I'm, like, I think I feel pressure. Like, I think you're like, I think this is what she's here? talking about. And he's, like, should I go get her? Should I not? And from the get-go, Madsen to our nurses was, like, you check on her. Like, you check on us. Yes. That, we need that. Like, that yes. did not happen last time. And we were left in closets and rooms and just, like, no yes. one checked on us. Yes. And she sat at a 10 for forever. And so... Like, we push the button, and the nurse comes in. She's like, you're at a 10. You're ready. And I was like, okay. You're like, we're here. I am going to push this baby for so long again. Like, I'm so, 
tired and yes. you're like I'm all right like give that, me a minute but, yeah and I'm like okay but I think this baby's like falling out like literally she's coming out and they're like let's page your doctor and have him come and so like the doctor on call came in and I'm like do I push do I push like she's coming out and yeah. she's like you should push if you feel like you need a push like I'm here yeah and I'm like but I really want my doctor You're to like, make it. But I won't. We've been through this here. journey together. He is the best. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to start pushing because, like, she's literally falling out of me. Yes. And so he runs in, and he's like, all right, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Here's the head. All right. All right. You're ready. And he starts – like, I have not seen a doctor light up like that. And I think he knew – I mean, I'd obviously told him what happened with you. And he yes. knew that this was going to be – easy I mean no yes. birth is easy but he was just like Nobody she's coming out was like I know she's this coming is out okay. and Madison is still like wait I'm like no like she's coming out like come You're like, no, literally over here the baby is coming. <laughs> and, like come hold my hand and like I just started like laughing like I was like I'm here again like this is real like I'm doing this yes. and she he was like okay push okay now stop okay now do a half push and she literally whip. and she literally <laughs> flew out and I like oh, lost hearing in my ears because it was just like so fast yes. like the pressure and all of that and she just was here and I was like oh great they're gonna rip out my epidural I'm gonna have to pee I don't want to do this all again and they were just like you just we're gonna leave like and your just baby's here enjoy and Mads like I just kept like laughing like, we were just like what in the world like this was the fastest thing and I think um, second or third baby. Like I think yes, it's usually typical for your second baby come to come faster. Faster. And I was just so like grateful. It was so healing for me mm. to just have peace at that yes. birth. I, it was just, I mean, she came out and she was just like eyes wide open and Madsen fed her her first bottle. And I just watched him with a baby girl and I was just like, all right, yeah. <laughs> I, we did it. We did it, and this was just, like, beautiful. And I, I, for the first time, saw that birth was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, it just, it was still hard and, like, took everything out of me, too. Yes. But, and like. Because you had a good experience, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, like, take away no. the hard work no, and no, everything no. that goes into it. And it was still just, like, I mean, postpartum recovery, that, that all is an experience, and I mm -hmm. was just, like telling my body I'm like please just pee for me like yes, just like mentally holistically we're all together here like just <laughs> we got this and yes. so we were able to go home after a day but Theo could not come because he still had symptoms of rhinovirus oh, okay he could not come <laughs> in home. my head I was like sweetie we're talking about yeah Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Eve could come home but Theo was at my in-laws okay so Theo stayed at not. the in-laws yep. you came home with the baby which was honestly kind of a blessing no it yeah. was it was because I knew Theo was honestly in better hands there than at our house yeah. and we could just, just enjoy that Eve bonding for a minute and to like rest for oh, a yeah. second and like what Madsen and I always do that first little bit since I don't breastfeed is that we just take turns That's like amazing. with the feet and I can sleep can for a minute heal. and but he had to go back to work That's right. <laughs> and so he took three days off the first week and two days off the second so after okay whoever he works for I'm literally writing them a letter being like get your act together it was this is not enough fast That's but crazy. I was just so grateful that everything went 
smooth, but still, I mean, and with Eve, like after I've been through it the first time with Eve, I was just like, I am giving myself all the grace, which you should even on your first, all the grace, do not get up, stay in your pajamas, ask for help, accept help and all those things. And so I mean, my mom or my mom, like, can we bring it? Yes. Can we take Theo? Yes. Do you need this? Yes. Like just, it's not a bad thing ever to accept help and to people that want to help, like allow them to like with Theo, people be like, can we bring dinner? I'm like, oh, we're fine. We're fine. Yeah. And like, no, accept help. Like this is a big change. And like with both my kids, I'm always like, I give myself a full year before I allow any negative negativity or any like I should lose pounds I should fit into this like you spent like pretty much a year growing this baby and like even with Eve the second time I'm like she had a year I'm like I'm giving myself my whole life like just there's no room for negativity after this exactly (laughs) and so with Eve it was just like okay like I have nowhere to be I have no rush but then so she was born beginning of November and then Thanksgiving Theo, same thing. Runny nose. Madsen had to rush him up, and that was the first time I couldn't take Theo, and that was really hard. And that was the first time with two kids where I'm like, I yes. have to choose one over the other, and oh I, it was horrible. We had the first it's with not that fun. this year, and it was yeah. so unbelievably hard. I didn't even know how to like. No. Well, I'd never even thought of that. Thought of that. No. So of course I wasn't mentally prepared. Like Mm-mm. you cannot prepare yourself for it. No. It's. No, it's horrible. And I was holding Eve. Andrew newly postpartum. Who needed me. Yes, yes. And and after my birth with Eve and that hospitalization with Theo, I had my check-ins with my therapist and psychiatrist. And my psychiatrist literally, we're over Zoom. And he stands up and literally gives me a standing ovation. And he's like, you did that. Like, you did that. You faced the hospital and your birth and all these triggering things and you did that and you need to celebrate that and like I've held on to that sense of just like okay I did like no one wants to be in therapy no one wants to have mental health challenges and you don't choose them they like and there's it's not like oh you snap your fingers and they go it is so hard and Mm. it is so lonely and it is so just challenging and being a mom on top of it, you have to show up for your kids each day. You have to show up for your husband. Like, you just, it's really hard. And that was the first moment where I was just like, I think I can do this. And, like, postpartum with Eve, I just kept waiting. I kept waiting for the triggers to hit. I kept waiting for depression to hit and anxiety. And with Theo, I had major anxiety that I didn't realize I had till mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. And it just, I... I had never been so grateful that I got help when I did because had I not, I had faced so many hospitalizations. I faced a lot of scary medical things and I, I, again, I'm too scared to think of where I would be without getting medical help. And like, I just felt like so many moms are like, oh, the blues and this and like go on a walk and it'll, you'll feel better. And it's just like, sometimes that is not the case and you you need medical professional help and like that is honestly like my my plea and like opening up of my story of just like you're not alone and get help like it it feels horrible and you don't want to be in therapy you don't want to be doing these things but it's just sometimes you have to and it's okay and 
all of that. And I mean, Eve has had like the same road as Theo with ear tubes and now glasses and just so many extra things. And like Theo's been in speech. And like I was telling you before, like we are in a doctor's office every single week. Like Theo is in an, with an allergist, an immunologist, uh, the pediatrician in speech. And Eve has her, they're both with the ENTs at this point. Yes. And when Eve had her ear tubes, I mean, my whole family, Matt's, I mean, well, not our whole family, but like the, my mom, his mom, and him, they were all like, you're doing this alone? Like, are you sure? Are you sure? Like, we can yes. come sit with you. And I'm like, I can do this. Like, yeah. I can do this. And Eve's ear tubes was also a really healing thing of like, I am the mom. I can show up and I, I can do this. And so... Yeah, I mean, that's a very long, <laughs> no, Hannah, insane, no. crazy thing. But, like, I'm just, like, I'm a super private person, and, like, I don't share a lot of things. But um, someone was speaking at something recently, and she was just like, I, it's so important, especially as women, to share our stories. Because we connect so well with each other, and, like, I can't remember how it started, but she said, I like to relate like the ICU where the windows are glass and you can see in each other's rooms. And as parents, you can see the disappointment or you can see the celebration and you know when to like be an arm around someone or you know when to celebrate with someone. And that should be how our lives are, honestly, where you know, like, and you can be there for people. And I think my experience really has just changed a lot of my outlook on life and when people have babies I just am like I'm gonna check in on you and it's gonna be annoying but like I'm gonna check in on you because I was not okay and I was in a city by myself and nobody knew honestly (laughs) nobody knew and it was so hard and even just knowing someone's thinking I mean like even you you brought me dinner after I had Eve and it was like two months after I, I had I'm Eve like it was probably like way late no but that that's when life. you need it the most because <laughs> no one is like everyone reaches out right when you have the baby yes. and postpartum is just a wild roller coaster and it is so hard oh, Hannah, I'm like <laughs> 10 months postpartum and I still get punched in the face oh like once a week it's where I'm so like, hard me? like I should be past this. no truly and like Theo's been in the hospital like five more times like yes. last weekend same yes. thing and, like, this one was even worse <laughs> than normal Seriously. with, the, like, a lung collapse and all of that. But it's, I don't know. As moms, we just keep going. But I think I think you're doing a beautiful thing at having people share their stories and, like, opening up. And, like, I've even connected with people that you've had on podcasts where, oh like, gosh. I have a POTS issue, too. And, like, Anna right. Newton opened up about that where I didn't really know anyone with that. Yes. And I'm like, okay, there's someone I know. And like it's just it's a beautiful thing to actually connect and I don't know yeah you're doing a great thing (laughs) even though I said it was triggering but you're doing a great thing (laughs) but like I also couldn't do it without you yeah and I know I say that probably to like everyone I have on but it's like for you even to sit here and say like you're a private person but here you are being willing to like share your story (laughs) because you know the value that it holds for someone else out there who needs to hear it and like I believe that with every fiber of my being because yeah. every time I interview someone, it's, like, either, like, a DM or, like, somebody texting me mm-hmm. or, like, another person that calls me and is, like, can I come on your podcast? Yeah. Because I heard this. this. <laughs> and it's, like, yes, yes. This is it. And it really has just created 
and I'm hoping that it continues to create this space where we can come and find that community in like the hardship totally and in the no, shit totally. that we go through no. like, well even you, know you I mean? and you like, had Lou in the hospital I'm like oh my gosh I've been there like what can we do what can we do yes. like it's it's hard it's so hard <laughs> and I know a lot of people have it much worse than me and whatnot but it's it's a lot motherhood's a lot in a lot of different ways and everyone's going through so many challenges and getting through yes. the day and sometimes just one more day it's all you yes. can do <laughs> yes and we will leave it there yep. one more day ladies <laughs> not only do I think we gain so much just from hearing Hannah's story and her vulnerability and her honesty in sharing her experience with us but I know that I learned the importance of showing up for your kid Hannah continued to show up when things got hard she showed up for herself she showed up for her kids she showed up for her husband and her family she shows up it's something she has always done and something I've always admired her for and something that I want to move forward being better at. So thank you, Hannah, for showing up and for teaching us that while it may not always be sunshine and roses and there is a lot that happens in life that we can't control that are hard things, taking control and showing up for yourself and getting the support you need really can make all the difference. If you're not already, follow me along on Instagram and TikTok at undereducated.pod and catch us here next week for another episode. Mm-hmm.